Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Aperitifs and digestifs. Did the show suddenly get fancy? Probably not, but those words can seem intimidating if you aren't used to them. Still, if you have a smoking jacket, why not put it on while you listen to us explain drunk appetizers and nightcap to you? Most importantly, though, you should have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, howdy. How's everybody doing? Doing all right. You know. (laughs) Surviving that whole chestnut. Weird person in my living room other than that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in some stranger's living room. Unfortunately, we can't be in the same living room, but, you know, it works out. Look, I had it explicitly written down in my writer. First of all, I was not even going to have to look at him the whole thing because my microphone would be facing away from where he would be sitting. Yep. Uh, But due to technical difficulties, we can't even be in the same room, so it's fine. (laughs) We all know how that works. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm back in the homelands uh, in the land land internet forgot, so I went to Casey's. Literally, the land internet forgot. Yesterday, the whole the whole holler had no had no internet or cable for like God. five hours. Murder me. <laughs> uh, I, I we were leaving not... to go to dinner to figure out what. And we, at that point, we saw like the cable company working on lines out at the mouth of it, and we went, "Yeah, that explains it." Well, at least they're working on it. Like I hate to. So I fully agree. I always see the there's apparently a podcast that is all about regional issues at Pod Latcha. I think, or something. But I always see the retweets and reposts from them of them being like, we deserve, uh, you know, we de- basically we deserve modern amenities. And it's like, yes, but maybe if you didn't live in the ass crack of nowhere, companies would feel more obligated to offer you a service. Hmm. It's like when it costs them more money to offer you the service than they ever stand to make, they don't feel like offering you the service. I think you're a regionist. I think I am. <laughs> I think that's the reason I left that ass crack. <laughs> because we are I have Chipotle expanding. <laughs> We've got a Moe's. <laughs> you know, I was just talking to my dad. I was talking with my father about uh, you know, him telling stories about, you know, with him growing up when to get to a KFC, he had to drive over the county line. So, <laughs> you know. that's And no, this was I, Kentucky. Yeah, this this is all a big aside. That's just like I had an opportunity 
like a very good. It wasn't like laid out with on a silver platter to be. They were there was like you could just go be a regional manager down here like this, it, but it would have involved moving to Ironton, and I was just like. <laughs> Nope. There's like there's no one internal applying for this. If you applied, you were the most qualified candidate. And it's like I can't guarantee you would get it, but you definitely are the best looking one so far. And I was just like, <sighs> and I just talked to someone else. They were like, oh, what would you move back home if your company expanded down here and you were offered a big role? And I like, no. without hesitation, when they asked that, I said no. <laughs> and then we don't the, want you. The opportunity was literally laid at me like weeks later. And I, I stopped, I hesitated for a second, thought, and I was like, in my mind, I'm going, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm just going to have to talk to my wife. And I was like, nah. And she said, nah. And I was like, that's what I was thinking, but just rolling it at you because, you know, money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um. It's money. But at what cost? <laughs> it, it's It's... <laughs> We have high-speed internet needs, you know? <laughs> we have knowing, depending on the neighbor, I can go ahead, I can get, we can get fiber so We've tasted that fiber and... We've tasted fiber straight to our modem. You know how so, great that was? That was that was like mainlining, like black tar <laughs> heroin. We're you, just chasing that again. You can get fiber in eastern Kentucky now. To you the node get, or to the moat, like to my To your home. house. To your house. One gig... It's nice. outrageously expensive. It's like 250 bucks a month, but it's one gig. And it's only for an area of about three blocks long. <laughs> when we live, no, when we live in Covington. When they do commercials. <laughs> when we were in Covington, we had it. It was like it was stupid cheap. I think we were like sixty bucks a month. It, yeah, it was cheaper oh, than yeah. we're paying now yeah. for one gig. And it, that was come. That was when we started the show, and that was we just love. We had so much internet. We had so much bandwidth. It was just we couldn't use it all. Mm. And now we're now we're sitting here like peeling peeling the walls down, looking for more bandwidth. Come come on. Buying. We just bought a new router. Actually, we haven't set it like up. I said like right right now you're like you know tearing out the walls, selling uh uh selling your copper pipes for. For bandwidth. Here's something so, stupid. Brittany went down to the Spectrum office because she didn't want to get a like, call in and deal with someone in India mm. or Taiwan or whatever. The Philippines. I think that's where most of the call centers are. And she went down to a physical office to ask to just go ahead. Like She was marching in there dead set on paying more money to up our internet. And the guy behind the counter wouldn't do it and said he didn't know enough about the plans about what needed to be done. What? Yeah. What is what is his job? I don't she said I so I asked her I was like, did you ask to talk to a manager cuz that's kind of outrageous. It, it was him and one other person in and that she, entire store. And she said it seemed like that person was being trained. Mm. And like he was the senior most employee and didn't know what the hell was going on. Well, <laughs> he suggested he's being buying trained. a new router. He's, but that's not the when we're hardwired in. That's not the main problem. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what route did you go with? Oh, um. <laughs> so we found a wire cutter article because wire cutter, uh -huh. and uh, it was their their top pick. It's what was it? The TP Link, something something. I don't know. I don't remember the model number. Don't ask me. So Wi-Fi six routers on. Yeah, Wi-Fi six. So we we're like, yeah. well, may as well future proof. Yeah. Powered by Intel. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has an Intel processor in it. I'm like, sure, because routers need that now. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the way. It, like, a router is a mini computer. So it's mm. just a matter of, of what it does. Like, literally, the, the computer has to boot up. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they tell you to turn on the modem before you turn on the router so everything can boot up in order. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll get to test it out because I'm for work where I work from home now. I have to be on the Wi-Fi, so it's like uh... we're both <laughs> working from home and both like absolutely slaughtering the Wi-Fi because she's in meetings like twelve hours a day, almost all the time. Uh, you and everybody else—that was kind of the big problem when we were going work from home—is like, okay, yes, we we have decent internet here normally. But when everybody goes home, like oh, yeah. those internet connections get slammed. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you guys quit downloading the entire catalog of, you know, backstage casting couch, then, mm-hmm. then maybe <laughs> we could get through the through the whole thing. Right. Uh, I will say I got uh, if we can get off uh, router yes. talk. Yes, please. Uh. I did manage to get down to uh, uh, the Broken Throne today. I knew a guy, uh, right, right, and uh, had a had a nice tasty flight of uh, of some of their beers. It's been forever since I've gotten to go down there, uh, but you know, may have gotten to see see the new facility hmm. uh, in the works. So there's a. There's a lot going on today. It's, it was going to be. A, I feel like there's going to be some good stuff in the future. Yay! But you guys, what have you? Uh, um, what shenanigans have 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 gone on in in, in Walkerville? Mostly just. Um, so we got our, we both got our second dose of the Moderna vaccine on Friday morning, and um, by Friday evening we were. Both I was dying. Suffering. <laughs> So, because uh, I always, any medicine I take, I get like it, it hits me hard. I'm I, I'm sensitive to a lot of medicines. So um, the first time I got the fever, this, this time I straight up just felt like I had the flu. Um, mm-hmm. Body aches, my skin hurt, like every, like I would just felt like I had the flu, um, and that lasted like I went to bed early. And that lasted until, oh gosh, this afternoon. Like, so, so from Friday evening to this afternoon, and I had to take, like, two Motrin twice just to, like, even out. My <laughs> but, roommate. Uh, I felt like utter garbage. <laughs> my roommate had said, like, yeah, I'm going to get the other shot soon. Like, he's uh, he's had the first one. He's going to get the second one. He's like, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll need you to, to escort me around or take me to the hospital after I get the shot. And I'm lying there dying. And I was like, I, I don't think it's going to be that severe. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I definitely had the... Like I had the head fog and yeah started to get headaches and, and the sore arm no matter what but uh, holy crap yeah yeah um it it's so weird it just it affects everybody differently because I I talked to my new team at work and um different people have been like oh yeah I, I didn't get anything from it and I'm like good for you <laughs> I've I've had it I wonder I wonder what it's going to do to me when I get um, a chance to take it. A former coworker I had um, had had it, and and then got the vaccine, and uh, basically got nothing from it, like kind of a sore arm, like not even a really big deal. 
So it's I who knows. And a pretty mild case, so maybe maybe I'll I'll look out in both instances. Who knows? Right. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of something extra, maybe. Hmm. Uh, Casey, any any uh amazing things happening in um... the Price Nation? The Price abode. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, you know, with the brewery and uh, we took the kids to go see the Easter Bunny today. Um, How much screaming Zella, was there? Zella was okay. Um, she went up immediately and like gave the Easter Bunny a high five. Nice. And then Frank just kind of, he hated it. And so <laughs> we we got him to hide behind an egg so he could be in a photo still like hide behind a big cutout like egg. So that worked. It still, it made a, it made a good, I feel I that funny I photo. Feel that. There's a lot of pictures of photo opportunities of me with characters. I should have loved as a <laughs> child, like at, at when my dad worked at a car dealership and they had someone there and they had people there as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cause it was the nineties. Mm. And I was terrified. <laughs> and yeah. screaming. And so now I look back and I'm like, God, I feel like an ass. Because like, I know my dad had to be like, he's going to love this. It's great. And then, no. We, like, <laughs> we bought these expensive costumes for for a thing, but really just for my son. I hate it. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, uh, we were just happy when Emmett wasn't terrified of the Santa. Hmm. <laughs> The Santa, the the Cajun well, because... lispy Santa, but who was real sweet, and I yeah. still love. Like Aww. I would do that thing again in a heartbeat. Yeah, I that's just because he didn't have his uh his child crushing claws that that all other Santas had. <laughs> exactly, his Santa Claus. But uh, I don't know the after hearing Casey, you were talking. We were you know you'd hinted it to us that you were taking the kids to see the Easter Bunny, and I was just like, you know, I don't feel an urge to take him to see the Easter Bunny. <laughs> like when we're like. We we're just we just kind of look at each other like, eh, we're not getting an Easter basket. My mom already gave him one. Her parents are probably going to do one for him. I'm like, yeah. Oh. How many Easter baskets does we he got, need? We got an Easter outfit for him already. Mom's like, yeah, I'm going to buy him one too. And I was like, why? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because one. grandparents is why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't buy him toys. What? There's huh? no need there's, to. Yeah, Everybody else does. Every yeah. he like everyone floods him with toys. He has too much crap, and that's we need to get rid of some of it. Mm. It's just like there's too much crap here. Uh, we went um, out of town shopping last week and went to like a TJ Maxx, Marshalls, those types of places. And every single coloring set they had, I bought. And I was like, we can get this for him. We can get this for him. We can get this for him. And it, it just ended up being something like. When we got back, we basically have a clothes basket full of toys that we now need to give over a long period of time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we can't give them everything at once. And it wasn't like it was expensive stuff, but just I I went in and instead of, you know, I would normally go to like the cooking section of those stores or the food section and buy. It was like, let's go to the toy section. (laughs) So much stuff that I would like. I tried to get a Nerf gun. Ashley wouldn't let me. We're not at Nerf. Just... Oh, Casey, just just wait when we can do like dads and sons like Nerf War. <laughs> it, it's gonna be on. It will be, be okay on like Donkey Kong. That's gonna be great. You say that, and I'm gonna be standing 
very far away. Bob's going to be the referee. With a Nerf sniper rifle. <laughs> Rocket launcher. Waiting for you guys to be exhausted, and all of a sudden you just hear, Zoom! Oh, God, he's here. <laughs> he's in the trees! Run! I'm going to give your children nom flashbacks. Mm. You can find Nerf napalm. Oh man! I want to. I'm work. I was trying to find some kind of like Agent Orange pun, and then I'm like, "Well, it's the darts are Operation orange anyway." Nerf <laughs> Operation Nerf Thunder. Oh, oh! I'm gonna hit other children nearby in my attempt to get your kids. Oh. Wasn't that the name of one of their guns back in the '90s? Like the Nerf probably. Thunder. There was a probably. I think there was a Nerf Thunder. Oh my goodness! Got to look it up now. Oh god! This would be a great time to transition to the topic. No, by wouldn't. The way. Yeah. Oh. We would say that, hey, this is where we used to do a news thing, and there's not a news episode this week because this is a pre-record. Surprise! Of course, <laughs> out, out of order because Easter happens and got us again. Easter, ah, curse Every you, time. Easter! Damn that bunny! <laughs> but yeah, so uh, no news this week. Uh, but there are already news articles that we've been digging into, so the next news episode will be chock full of some goodies. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> All right. But in well, the meantime, so sorry, Casey. I was just seizing the no, opportunity. <laughs> the Nerf Thunder is a pump-action shotgun. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. It's it's been deemed by uh, the Geneva Convention as illegal for uh, for Nerf trench warfare, but uh, <laughs> Americans don't care. No, it is the most badass <laughs> Nerf weapon because it's a shell ejecting Nerf shotgun. <laughs> Do you know how That's great that is? Up. That is like the. <laughs> we were in high school before they started putting stuff like this out because I remember our friend Matt, that was your guy's roommate, uh, had one. And like when we were in high school, I'm like, we're in high school and just giddy about this thing. Just running around with like, it ejects the shells. <laughs> we're like 17 and 18. I mean. <laughs> and we're we're just like so excited about this thing on the weekends. You were Toys R Us kids. Why, why would you, you know. But yeah, no, shell ejecting Nerf guns. That's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> There's a very upset cat in front of me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we just yeah. had that, yes. That's, that's he the, wants uh, more pets. Now. That's the orange and white one, right? Uh, no, uh, no, well, just orange. Oh, okay. So, uh, shell ejecting, you could load like a single large caliber Nerf bullet in there, or three, two, or one of the smaller ones <laughs> into the shell. Just, just spray and pray. For sure. All right. Well, and this aperitifs. relates to digestifs and yeah. <laughs> aperitifs because because you know before every meal you need to have a full scale Nerf war. Um, Obviously. Anyway, aperitifs and digestifs. Uh, so what exactly are they? Well, if you have an aperitif, you're basically pre gaming without usually trying to get blackout drunk. Hmm. And digestifs uh, are meant to help everything stay down and maybe. Go through you easier. <laughs> All right, that seems clear, but uh, it's a good episode. Uh, Brittany, go ahead and hit the outro, uh, and let's start doing <laughs> the. Uh... Yes, okay. Indeed.
Maybe there's a little bit more to it, uh, but basically that's the gist. Uh, aperitifs are had before the meal, and they're meant to wake up your palate and get you ready for a meal. Uh, they are essentially before-dinner drinks that may be served uh, to mingling guests before a dinner party or during the course of appetizers while preparing your own dinner on an average night uh, after work. Uh, basically, they're liquid appetizers. They are they are alcoholic mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I am what I want this. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a great way to sell that alcoholic mozzarella. So basically, so. mozzarella sticks only when you get the ones that are like I don't know if anyone else got have ever had the ones that ended up hollowed out shells full of grease, like all the cheese yeah, leaked yeah, out yeah. in the frying process, and it's just this crispy shell full of grease. Uh, uh, it's just, only but, it's full of but, hot booze. No, <laughs> instead of grease. Wait, like the like the boozy beignets at Disney World? No, like the cheese melted out. No, I know. I'm saying like it's and just alcohol with... seeped in. Right. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what <laughs> just took a. There's always like a hollow section of one of those things. You just yeah. take a syringe. You just put vodka straight into the. Yeah, it's like that's ranch what... injected. Oh, yeah, that, that just takes again, that's the other aside. There's, there's two holes one for alcohol one for ranch there is nothing more <laughs> disgusting than straight alcohol in food there's two holes and that's oh, what I, I was like um you know I'm what? Just, what but no it always like thinking about the the like injecting things into food always go back to the um Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode when they deep fry a whole cow <laughs> and they're, they, they're like uh, shakes talking about everything they injected it with and like they inject they pumped it full of ranch and all these different cheeses <laughs> yeah and they, but that's why he says they did it while it was alive and they go what you think it died of natural causes <laughs> Because when well, they pull it out of the deep fryer, the udders explode and ranch goes everywhere. Jesus Christ. Well, after you eat an entire deep fried cow, uh, you may need a digestif, which are meant to be consumed late in the meal or after, and usually meant to settle things down. Uh, so, speaking of settling things, I had to look at because the most famous uh, digestif around is the Underberg. And I meant to get some for this episode, but didn't because I'm terrible. So and what? Go, Underberg. Uh, the it's the little paper wrapped digestif that's at every freaking gas station at the checkouts or every liquor store at the checkout. What? They almost look like little candles. Just look at Underberg. Like, everyone knows it. It's 44 percent alcohol by volume. And you just look at him and you're just like, God damn. <laughs> like they're they're just shots, but it's a forty four percent shot of as a, as a digestive. That's illegal in Kentucky at gas stations. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're well, usually next to the like fruit flavored cigars. Anyway, yeah. digestives are meant to aid in digest uh, digestion, hence the name, or at least mm. that was the theory back in the day when science didn't exist. When you get blackout drunk and throw everything up. <laughs> there you go. Look at how look at how much digestion you ate. You didn't even have to do it at all. Uh, you can enjoy it during, after, or instead of dessert. Uh, 
Uh, I like it instead. Yeah. That's crazy talk, first of all. You don't you don't need that that molten brownie explosion cake or whatever. Lava cake, that's the thing I'm trying to find. Uh you instead just need a shot. Uh they do tend to be uh, far less sweet and higher in alcohol than your typical dessert drink. Um, they are, uh, it is rare to find them, but they can be found with cream and chocolate uh, and other decadent ingredients. But usually you're, lo- you're looking more in like the cognac brandy area and a few other things. Hmm. Uh, so since aperitifs are meant to stimulate the appetite, the drink should be very dry and low in sugar since sugar actually limits our appetite, as well as low in alcohol, uh, because no one wants to get sloshed before dinner. Well, (laughs) most people. People without podcasts. Uh, High alcohol also dulls your taste buds, so that's why uh, wines in high alcohol, such as California Zinfandels, also need to be bold and aggressive flavors to help them stand out. If not, the high alcohol will just mute everything out. Classic aperitifs are drinks such as dry vermouth, gin, bubble, and dry white wine. Bubble. If you're looking for a cocktail to start the night, a dry martini would be perfect. Just don't have too many, as an aperitif would lose its purpose of stimulating your appetite the more inebriated you'd become. <laughs> and so since digestifs are meant to aid in digestion, uh, at the point in the evening... The full stomach, just a touch of sweetness, and higher alcohol percentage is welcome as the drink helps our bodies settle the meal and everything become come to a close. Uh, the digestive area uh, options abound from smooth whiskey and bourbon to brandy, port, sherry, and liqueur. Uh, modern concoctions have even been created for the sole purpose of aiding one digestion, including uh, the Fernet uh, Vaughn's character uh, okay, likes to uh, claim to, att- to test while not for everyone, uh, Fernet Br- uh, Branca and other Amaros are uh, like it, are distilled with herbs and spices for the sole purpose of aiding on digestion, almost like a tonic, which many people swear by. They just want to get drunk. Don't don't let them lie to you. <laughs> don't lie. All right, let's dig into a little history here, uh, because I think this is the thing that I was mainly like interested in when suggesting the topic. But uh, aperitifs, since aperitifs come first in the meal, hey, let's start there. The term originates from the Latin word, oh God. <laughs> Apertitum. Apertitivum. Apertitivum. Indicating opener. It's literally your opener. The opening act, as it were. It's your opener in Latin. The usually It is here to do five or six or seven. It is pronounced aperitif in uh, French and uh, apertitivo in Italy. Apertivo. Aper. No, there's an I after the R, and it's throwing me off. There's no two. There's only one T, but there's two I's. I think that bothers you reading. Aperitivo. Try to spell it. Aperitivo. Brittany got it. Maybe. So, fifth century Christian uh, ascetic. Ascetic, oh God. Diadochos? I'm Diadochos of this. Fotiki. Yeah, fo- we'll go with Fotiki. What, what Bob said. We are sorry. People, <laughs> people who I just wish, read ahead. 
People who wish to discipline the sexual organs should avoid drinking those artificial concoctions, which are called aperitifs. Presumably because they open a way to the stomach for the vast meal, which is to follow. Okay. What does that got to do with the sexual organs? They thought humors controlled your, your stuff, so you needed to be bled in case you were feeling bad. So let's not take too much stock into the, what their science was. The point was they mentioned aperitifs. <laughs> Fifth century Christians believed some weird crap. <laughs> uh, aperitif was born in Europe and traveled to the United States later around the beginning of the 1900s. There is no definitive evidence indicating the origin of aperitif. Some say it goes back to the biblical days of ancient Egyptian era. But that's 16th... what I think everything goes back to. <laughs> yeah. Why not unless, unless you're Scottish. <laughs> By the 16th century, people were producing flavored spirits with herbs and spices for medicinal purposes. In the early days, they tasted very bitter. So the early producers of aperitif made it more acceptable, or made it more acceptable for tastes by diluting ingredients in wine. <laughs> so basically, you got mold wine <laughs> to like, uh, oh, make it more palatable. That scene in uh, uh, Princess Bride, where Miracle Max is coating it and ch- coating the the pill and <laughs> chocolate to help it go down, but instead of yeah. chocolate, they used wine. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you ever think that, like, you're looking at the pail and you're like, that's obviously just, like, a leather a leather sack that he's painting. You're like, it just looks so not. <laughs> just were looking at it going, like, it can't fit in your mouth. How's he supposed to chew? He's dead. Good news! It's a suppository. <laughs> when it became popular for non-medicinal consumption, it was served as an appetite stimulator before the meal which became the social tradition in many parts of Europe. I'm okay with this. Hmm. An Italian man named uh, Antonio Benedetto Carapano uh, helped to cultivate the trend. Look, I I suck at all this stuff. (laughs) It's an ongoing joke. (laughs) Helped to cultivate the trend in Italy with the invention of vermouth. So this that's that's the, that's picture the guy of, that we need to have like pictures of whenever you make martinis for the driest martini. <laughs> for the driest. Oh god. A fortified wine and one of the original European aperitifs. Sometime later in 1846, a French chemist named Joseph Dubonnet uh, introduced another wine-based spirit. I, I'm guessing I got that right. Uh, another wine-based spirit to French foreign legionnaires living in North Africa who were encouraged to drink the spirit, which contained quinine. Mm. Now an ingredient of tonic water. Which we covered in a past episode. Yes, yeah. as it was thought to combat malaria. Always Look, always got to take your malaria medication. <laughs> People with bogus medical claims, uh, they've existed for a long time. Mm. Science is hard. (laughs) Look, I'll never get over uh, in college when uh, I applied to go on a study abroad to Madagascar, and the professor who went often had a few classes with him, would always talk about whenever they went, they just took their malaria medication and sat around the fire and tripped balls, (laughs) like, all night. (laughs) He's like, no, the malaria medication's intense. (laughs) 
nothing quite like uh, <laughs> nothing quite like not getting malaria to really uh, really, really open up the chakras. <laughs> Taking your malaria medication by night and interviewing vanilla farmers by day. Mm. That's what I was applying to do was to go and basically interview and question vanilla bean farmers. Wow. That would have been really cool, but I didn't get picked. Instead, I went to Scotland and got really drunk. Uh, Digestifs. Hey, like aperitifs, the history of digestifs goes back for centuries. Originally used as cures for every ailment imaginable, digestifs eventually made their way from the pharmacy to the dinner table. During the 18th century, that is. Uh, the herbs, spices, and other plants used to make many digestifs were thought to ease the stomach and help food digest. Many brands available today retain evidence of their medicinal origins with bitter herbal flavor profiles that may remind some childhood cold remedies. So, mm. getting that tussin. This, yeah. Yeah, the tussin. Dimatap. I'm just, I couldn't help but think of. Um, Jägermeister. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than anything. That's what so I always got for a cold. <laughs> shoddy egg <laughs> mommy I'm sick here do your shot of Jaeger <laughs> look we don't like it either but it's going to make you feel better alright well the aperitif as a spirit so the word aperitif also refers to a class of alcoholic beverages that are designed to stimulate appetites on their own it's a very broad category that includes a great variety of styles. The only common ground is that they typically involve herbs or other ingredients that aid in the stomach's digestion of food. Every uh, time in this episode when I hear herb, I'm just expecting, like, how many herb. herbs and how many spices? Eleven? Ah, gotcha. Herb. Every time. Uh, money. Many. God bless. Okay. Many of these have a bitter or herbal profile, and many, uh, for example, Campari and Aperol? Uh, are proprietary recipes held under a single brand name. Apertifs are an age-old tradition and have been produced for centuries. Even some of the more popular brands have a signature recipe that has been used for a century or more. Some apertifs are distilled and more of a liquor, while others, like vermouth, are a modified version of wine. Hmm. Um, that should not be drank on their own, like some <laughs> monster... In a uh, in a movie, <laughs> we're gonna reference that every time. Uh, Anytime I see vermouth, I have two references, and that's that's mash and Groundhog Day. Yeah, because all right. Because uh, I have a simple man. If a cocktail includes one of these aperitifs, one can be assured that it's likely to make a great aperitif cocktail. Many of these aperitifs can also be served on their own or as a taller drink with a little soda or tonic. So great examples of these drinks are the Aperol Spritz and Campari and Soda. Like. <laughs> uh, so we've got oh, um, Amer Pecan, question uh, mark, Aperol Orange, uh, Campari, Sherry, and Vermouth. Sherry, I did not know was an aperitif. Um, I can't think of Sherry without thinking of, uh, there's an episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to get Elaine to, you know, Spill secrets and they just keep giving her sherry. It's like peach uh, sherry or peach schnapps or something like that. 
Uh, so the aperitif cocktail works because of two common characteristics. Sugar tends to limit the amount of non-sugary foods that we want to eat, and that is why aperitifs have a drier, more bitter flavor profile. Um, and then our appetites are also diminished if we have too much alcohol in our system, and that is why the aperitif is often low proof. Uh, you don't want to get trashed if it's uh, before dinner, generally. You know. I mean, uh, and they don't. Yourself. Yeah, most people, you know. Champions, uh, however. <laughs> indeed. Anyone who is champions know how to regulate themselves, and if they have alcoholic problems, should seek help. But yeah, yeah that's true too. Uh, anyone who has either consumed a super sweet soda before dinner or gone on a binge with their drinking will recognize that sugar and alcohol, uh, what can, what that can do to the appetite. The aperitif style is meant to combat those two factors and help us eat a healthy amount of good food. There are many cocktails that make great aperitifs. Here are just a few examples to demonstrate both the range and the characteristics of aperitifs. So we've got um, these co- cocktails, the Adonis, the Americano, the Martini, and the Negroni. Uh, I have Three not heard of those first two. Lot. I would say we, we have, we've talked about at least three of those. Uh, the yeah. Adonis, uh, let me pull it up here. It's a sherry cocktail. Um it is one ounce of dry sherry, uh, half an ounce of sweet vermouth, half an ounce of dry vermouth, and two two dashes of orange bitters. Hmm. I to pull up the uh, the americano because I don't recall us talking about that, and americano just makes me think of coffee, so now I have to get that out of my head. <laughs> I think we uh, talked about it. We were talking about because we've done something on like on Campari or something. Campari has been brought up yeah, before. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Campari, sweet vermouth, uh, soda water, and then lemon or orange slice. So not much to it. Pretty looking, though. Mm. But again, if it's a before dinner drink, you probably don't want to have a lot going on with it. Yeah, the uh, aperitifs, uh, I'm not certain how much are in my style. Mostly because usually after dinner drinks are are more generally what I'm in the mood for. It's like, no, 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 no. It'd be something dark and strong to close this evening out with. Yeah. The Negroni. I like, my, I like my I like my alcohol like I like my women. Dark and strong with a spoon in them. <laughs> uh, the Negroni and the Americano are very similar uh, yeah. drinks. The the removal of of gin really is what sets one apart from the other. <laughs> Um, so take out gin and, and then it's pretty much uh, an Americano, uh, a Negroni. If you have gin in there, had <clears throat> gin, you get the old man in the sea. <laughs> the boat was gin. The sea was gin. The fish was gin. The man was gin. Everything was gin. <laughs> old gin. <clears throat> uh, speaking of Americano though, Americans are not very familiar with digestifs, not because they don't eat a lot, but because there is less emphasis on elaborate dinners. Uh, in the U.S., dinner, or supper if you prefer, is generally served in the early evening with far less formality than in European cultures. I was going to um, say, in, in, <laughs> I know in uh, uh, Appalachian U.S. at least, dinner is lunch, supper is dinner, and we don't know what brunch is. <laughs> yeah. 
We need to learn. Uh, there is no need for a nightcap at 6 p.m. After all, Americans also tend to group the meals into a single course and save the multi-course meals for holidays or special occasions. In contrast, people in many European countries enjoy eating a grand meal later at night. It can be three or four courses and leaves diners rather full. This is the perfect excuse for an after-dinner drink before dozing off to sleep. So um, let me cover this the in the Hobbit then. way. <laughs> yes. Um, in France, the digestive cho- digest. Actually, let's talk about this for a second, but then we'll go. There. If you are in Italy, uh, for instance, you will go out for a dinner or for a pre-dinner drink, and then you will go have a big dinner. You know, people sit around, you're drinking wine all this time, but then you get to the end of the night and you're feeling a little bloated, feeling a little bit heavy. You're like, let me just grab a, a digestive to to finish things off. Help all this gastric juice to kind of settle in um, and, and and finish off instead of feeling as sick. It, it would be the version that we have in the U.S. would be Alka-Seltzer. Um, <laughs> it's sort of that plop, plop, fizz, fizz, relief it is sort of a mentality. A little carbonation in there. Yeah, something, something to, to just kind of, you know – Bitter, and I don't know if it's it's evolutionary. I don't know. I know bitter is evolutionary to some extent because bitter things tend to be the things that want to kill you. Um, <laughs> we we have evolved in a way to hate or or from an early age be against bitter things, and so um, that's why all the things that are to stop a kid from putting things into their mouth are bitter. Um, if anybody out there has a switch, lick it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Go, lick those cartridges. Lick the back Go of the, lick a uh, cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> and and just you'll understand that would stop a child from putting that in their mouth and and swallowing it. Um, the way that all these hand sanitizers are supposed to denature. It used to be that to denature it, you would put in methanol. Methanol is pretty much, um, at least in the levels that they're putting, it would be flavorless or, or tastes like alcohol, but methanol would kill you where alcohol does not, at least a little bit slower. Um, and so methanol would be the choice to denature it and make it not fit for human consumption. Well, they've changed so that now you put this bittering agent in so that a child doesn't get a hold of it and just drink it and they stop drinking it because it's bitter. Or former so, presidents. You know, um, there was an episode of House where a guy drank toner that was full of methanol. Oh, um, one of my favorite episodes and one of my most most memorable episodes because um, he he sat down. House was like, there's nothing I can do for you. He brings in a bottle of liquor. They sit. They have a few shots of liquor, drink, talk or whatever. And um, the prisoner that drank the bottle of me- of, of methanol um trying to kill himself i'm guessing or something along those lines or maybe just get trying to get drunk um the last scene is the really one that i remembered so they get drunk together start to get drunk together and then house is like yeah you're okay now because methanol goes through the liver by drinking alcohol you slow down the process that methanol can be metabolized by the liver giving your body extra time to excrete it which uh, prevents the formation of of high amounts of the chemical that actually kills you uh, methanol breaks down into formaldehyde. And so if you can slow down the breakdown, you can help someone pass through that time. So the the antidote for methanol poisoning is, according to the episode, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, um, is 
Shots, 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 shots. Exactly. You you didn't hear it here. Hmm. You heard an <laughs> anecdotal tale from a television series. Also, exactly. sorry, just to recognize, um, I'm just now seeing some of the chat. Uh, Shadowlight 35. Uh, yeah, the last thing was a uh, gas station aperitif. Fancy. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, very much. I've never partaken of the Underberg, but yeah, that's everyone was just sub. aghast at the, the thought of it. And I'm just like, I see it everywhere. It's just the little paper wrapped bottles. I know what you're talking about. I think they're getting away with it, even at 44% or whatever. NyQuil used to be higher percent alcohol. So I think they're getting away with it because they're calling it a medicine instead of liquor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like sitting on the counters at most liquor stores right there where you check out. Like you now I could, do, I could understand liquor stores. It's the, the gas stations that get me because in Kentucky, gas stations can't sell liquor, um, at least inside the main main building. Um Anyway, yeah, in Kentucky, because I know like some of the best bottle shops in Cincinnati are gas stations. Yeah, they can sell um, as long as they're like two different entities, basically. Um, in France, the digestive of choice is often a brandy or cognac or armagnac. Um, the digestifo in Italy is something along the lines of a bitter amaro, uh, sweet grappas or liqueurs like limoncello ooh, or nocino. Oh, um, limoncello. <laughs> almost got some limoncello for tonight, Bob. Um, Spain has a preference for fortified wines like sherry, Madeira, and ports, as well as uh, pencheron and slow gin lick like liquor made from slow berries. Uh, slow berries. <laughs> I've never had. I've never heard of this. Pecheron, um, but I want to look in at this article that says, what is this liqueur? Um, so it is a liqueur made from blackthorn or slow bush berries. Now, slow Madeira, uh, Madeira, I think it was uh, Benjamin Franklin's drink of choice. Really? Uh, it was It was very popular in the colonies and the, the uh, during, you know, around the revolutionary period in germany you'll find some of the most flavorful digestifs including underberg bitters and oh, famous who feels vindicated now chris <laughs> underberg no the, the brand has existed since the 1800s and it yeah. has been family run ever since no it's, so our favorite metal band is a like they're one of the only official officially sponsored by, and they're officially sponsored by Underberg. Mm. Sponsors this metal band, so whenever <laughs> they go to metal festivals, they have a crap load of this stuff, and that's like the band officially like downs shots of Underberg before every show, and they've met with the family and the matriarch. It's like this eighty-year-old woman that runs the brand and everything at this point. It's glorious. <laughs> we need a bitterness scale for digestifs, very similarly how we have IBUs. We, oh, yeah. we do, and we should talk about that in a little while, Casey. I think so, too. Did you try to drink three? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I did. <laughs> uh, many distilled spirits that are labeled digestifs began as medicinal liqueurs centuries ago. The herbs and spices and other flavoring ingredients of these elixirs really were designed to calm the stomach and have some other medicinal benefit. Again, uh, it I'm was picturing Colonel Sanders making digestives. <laughs> he may have. Uh, it was somewhere around the 18th century that these were brought to the formal dining table. Generally, you'll find good digestives in one of 
four or five categories. Well, I do have um, to comment real quick before you get into those categories. What do you think that gravy was meant for at KFC? <laughs> that's to that's to settle your stomach. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing you can compare that to is like Jägermeister or something because KFC gravy is just disgusting. Yeah, I, say, I don't put that on anything. So when you said gravy for a minute, I was like, who is gravy? Oh, KFC does have gravy. I don't I don't consume it. <laughs> really? Damn. No, I, I'm, I, I have had better gravy and I, I, theirs is not one that I'm, I'm usually better fast food together. gravy. Mm. Uh, so you've got four to five wines, aged liquor. Herbal liqueurs, bitter liqueurs, and sweet liqueurs. Um, liqueurs. Uh, fortified wines are among the most popular. You go with like a port, sherry, dry vermouth um, is more of an aperitif. Sweet vermouth is more of a digestif. Um, aged liqueurs, you're looking at brandies, um, but eau de vie, uh, similar to the Calvadosa Grappa. Uh, and other brandies, as well as the distinguished cognac and armagnac. Uh, whiskies, particularly scotch, are also quite popular. And añejo tequilas are excellent mm. as well. Yes, um, añejo tequila, I could see. I, oh, yeah. I'm on board. I, I, I can really, whenever I go into a restaurant that you look at the menu and you're like, ooh, you think highly of yourself. <laughs> um, especially like a steakhouse or something like that. Like Malone's in Lexington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at their their dessert menu for a liquor on their dessert menu because yeah. that's really in the classic American um, steakhouse style. I think that your dessert should be um, a liquor of sorts because if you're going in for a steak, you have probably destroyed your intestines at that point. You need you something need, to aid in yeah, that digestion. You don't need a cheesecake. You need something else on top of that to like. You just don't need something it. else. I always up. need a cheesecake. You have John Wayne <laughs> levels of beef in your colon that need help yeah. pushing through. So just a little by something the, else. By the way, Brittany, I went out to eat with my parents last night to pick uh, uh, a polk, the barbecue place here in town. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the meal, they went, they're like, "You guys want any dessert?" And I'm like, "No, I can't. I've had I've had all these ribs and all this other stuff. I'm fine." And they're like, "Well, we got cheesecake." And my mom stops and just looks at her, and goes, "You do." <laughs> don't, don't do this mom you're full you you've you've had surgery recently you can't consume more food but the, cheesecake they mentioned chocolate in the cake and that that turned her off and i was like okay yeah. oh yeah no chocolate cheesecake is just actually not a good thing you can pop a couple staples and still stay together like that's <laughs> what you gotta so, remember let's 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 back this up for a second <laughs> <laughs> The 30th anniversary Cheesecake Factory chocolate is, it's good, like, chocolate cake and Mm. then a layer of cheesecake. Theirs is different, like, because they... That's a different thing than just, like, a chocolate swirl in your cheesecake. Yeah, or, like, just a chocolate, like, a straight-up chocolate cheesecake. Like, it's... It's, Cheesecake Factory is on a different level, you know? That's like having, like, chocolate cake as your crust for cheesecake. (laughs) So I'm going to shock everyone here and say I don't like cheesecake. I mean, that's for the best because it's not like it's the it's not of the desserts. It's probably the worst thing for I you. Remember, we went to Cheesecake Factory and I remember being over the moon that they had a like chicken biscuits and gravy. Mm. And I was mm. just like, you know what? I don't I'm not getting dessert here because I don't like cheesecake. I was like, I'm going to get the like it was chicken fried chicken and biscuits and gravy. And I was like, we're sold. 
Bring that out to me. I'm going to have a heart attack right here. I don't need dessert. <laughs> Shadow Light in the uh, in the chat. Definitely plus one for Tawny Port as well. That's that's my usual go-to is a, a port um, at port. Malone's Steakhouse in Lexington. They've got um, Taylor Flag get 18, maybe? Something like that, that I usually go with. And that's my go-to. I've been after, to a Steakhouse a long time. After we should all go to a Steakhouse at some point. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. we should. After Utopias, I have a different respect for port because I'm just mm. like, of that same, you know, flavor so, profile. Oh, I just I, can't hear port without thinking of R.L. Stein. So, <laughs> um, what we need to do blunts. is like save all the money that's ever happened to have and, a hot tub, poorly rolled blunts, and sure, Utopias. <laughs> That'll be after, obviously. But um, the we need to go to um, uh, oh god, the precinct. Jeff Ruby's oh, pre- yeah. precinct. Like, that was Ooh. the best steak I've ever had in my life. Well, yeah, oh. you're going somewhere where it's like $100 minimum, but it's the best cooked steak. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, by the way. I'd raw like... dog those steaks. Oh, they're <laughs> so good. I I got the cheapest. Uh, no, I got the next to cheapest steak when we were there. Oh, I didn't. And it was. We weren't paying the, for it. So. Like, uh, it was cooked to perfection exactly how i asked for it and it just oh oh that, oh okay mm. okay moving along with these uh categories you could have herbal liqueurs uh many of these used to be medicinal elixirs uh, but they've turned into alcoholic beverages uh these include aquavit uh besherofka uh benedictine a monk Trappist style uh, liquor there. Uh, Chartreuse Cunar. Uh, Cunar is made with um, artichokes. And so it gets its bittering from the artichoke. Uh, Fernet Branca, Sambuca, Strega, and and Zwak. Apparently it's a Hungarian herbal liqueur. So we need to add the the monk one to uh, an episode because I was just thinking like yeah because I know we've got Aquavit coming up oh oh. that's like because I know Aquavit's going to be like our thing before New Year's Eve right god I don't have it memorized I haven't haven't looked at the schedule and I I think I remember that I was like you know we need to do something big leading us into New Year's and I think it was like Aquavit because that's one we've teased and talked about for a while and it's like no we need to do that well, the Benedictine and the Chartreuse are probably the two that are closest to the monk liqueurs of, of that we could talk about. And it's um, called Benedictine. Or, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I came close today of getting uh, trying to find the Cunar because um, that's just cool. Uh, the Benedictine I could not find the traditional Benedictine. I found a B and B, which was half Benedictine, half like. Brandy or something. No, uh, Benedictine and brandy pre mix. I'm like, I want the real stuff. I'm gonna find my own brandy. Uh, (laughs) Then you run into bitter liqueurs. Hey, check this out, Bob. Fernet Branca isn't in the bitter liqueurs category. Um, In the same way that bitters are enjoyed as an aperitif, some are better suited as digestifs. The ingredients to give them a bitter profile and digestion. Though the digestif variety tends to be richer and slightly sweeter. Okay, that makes that makes sense. The the bitterness needs some sweetness with it too. Um, Amaros such as Alverna um, and Amaro Maletti 
are among the many Italian bitters to look for. You also have sweet liqueurs um, like maraschino and limoncello, and also after-dinner sippers. Even a high-proof brandy-based orange liqueur like Grand Marnier can be enjoyed on its own. Um, yeah, I was going to say, when we're thinking of like digestives and thinking of like sweet after-dinner things, like, yeah, I could just, 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 yeah, Grand Marnier as a, as a little extra. How about a little Mrs. Butterworth's? Oh, man, Frangelico. <laughs> Honestly, when when I was coming over here and you're like, yeah, let's I'll throw something in. I was like, there's a there's a non-zero chance I'm going to see some Frangelico tonight. Oh, there's a bottle in the bottom. <laughs> With any of these digestifs, it's traditional to enjoy them straight and at room temperature. Small glasses and a pour of just one or two ounces is very much adequate. Um, if you're hosting a dinner party, consider placing a few digestif options on a table along with glasses and let your guests pour whatever they prefer. It's a great excuse to share any homemade liqueurs you've also been working on. That's pretty cool. I need to start so, doing that. So mm-hmm. my next, uh, our next foray will have uh, just a case of Underberg placed out for everyone at room temperature. Enjoy. I, um, you can also make cocktails with them. You don't have to drink it straight. Um, spiked coffee drinks like Italian coffee or Strega or for the French Connection with cognac and amaretto are great options. You can just mm. sip a coffee and a sambuca uh, in which the coffee is simply three symbolic beans. Uh, so <laughs> basically coffee. <laughs> Straight See, I, sambuca. <laughs> by the way, when we were, we were going to say the French Connection, I was just all I could think of was a cocktail that when you take a sip of, you just go, "You are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off." <laughs> God. Uh, French Connection, I think, was one of the first movies, maybe, to have a car chase scene. Uh, I think so. It's one of the more famous car chase scenes. Like, yeah. it, like they they had them before, but it was like. Yeah, this was like a whole scene that's like the the whole thing is like look how thrilling this is where they had no but, permits for anything. <laughs> yeah, I I think it was that that may be the case, but I think they like shot it like one of the first car chase scenes that was shot live instead mm-hmm. of having a, an actor in front of a screen like a movie right. screen. Um. The Manhattan, it's classic digestive drink and other whiskey cocktails like the Old Fashioned, Vukari, um, and the Sazerac are fabulous choices. Vukari. Okay. Because uh, that makes sense because Vu is the uh, the orange labeled um, uh, uh, champagne with the same name. Oh. Uh, so uh, the Kerry or Kerry um, isn't there, but the Vu is. Um, for something a little different, try the Marriage of Figaro with uh, Cardamaro. I'm assuming Cardamom Amaro. Uh, Maybe. The Emperor with Unicum or 20th Century with Amaro Maletti. Hmm. I'm intrigued by the variety here of the cocktails, like most I have not heard of at all. <laughs> um. It, it's not something that you would I, – I don't think – you have to be looking for them to get to aperitifs and digestifs, I think, at restaurants. I, I don't think it's going to be on there. Like it, even – They won't label them that. No. Right. Uh, and uh, you may get an Aperol spritz on a menu, but that's about as far as you go – or a martini. That's about as far as you go on the um, on the menus of most American restaurants, I think. Yeah, most of the time it's it's they are just listed as cocktails. You you are to decide when you want to drink them. They, in America, they don't have very 
You should drink this before and drink this after. We don't respect the laws of. <laughs> of we of do what we want. Drinking things, yeah. We're not as organized as as uh, Italy and Spain when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> all right. So speaking of, what are you all drinking? Drink with me, friend. Not to style. Uh, <laughs> Cutting through some of the beer in the fridge. <laughs> we were like, we're going to use this opportunity because to get rid of things. Street Side just came out with collaborations with Braxton Labs, and they're all Back to the Future themed, <laughs> and I need them. <laughs> so we have to make more room because we have a problem. Uh, or someone has a problem. Um, <laughs> my childhood favorite films have beers themed after them. I know. I, get I it. have to have room. That's beer. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so I drink the, um, it's called the Alevagorgon. <laughs> so it's a collab between uh, Listerman and Streetside in Cincinnati. That is not soured buttholes. Yeah. Which <laughs> is what their last one was. Yeah. Uh, so this, the Streetside one is the Demogorgon, and which is, this is all from Stranger Things. And Listerman's is, uh, they did one called Eleven, I believe, uh, which involved uh, waffles. <laughs> they just literally mm. threw boxes of egos into the mash and dumped a crap load of, like I assume, log cabin maple syrup into it. <laughs> right. So, cool, cool thing. If you want the maple syrup flavor in a beer without having the cost of buying maple syrup, you can use a, um, a not an herb. Uh, it would be like a seed that has the flavor of uh, maple syrup. Let me see if I can find the name but of I it. But I don't here. want the shortcuts. Like that's the thing. I just want the so liter- they're like they're just like we just threw a box of egos <laughs> into this because why not? <laughs> because they they let go of their egos into the into uh, the it's match. Not, it's just like we all know it's not going to make it taste like egos, but they're like. We just threw them in there because it's like the Bramari thing. They're like, we made a pizza beer and we threw a large pepperoni pizza in the mash because why not? Because reasons. Because I wanted to see what it would do. <laughs> yeah. Science is dirty sometimes. Because science. <laughs> um, the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no. I was, I was just gonna finish up with the description. Is all. Uh, so it's an imperial pastry stout. Uh, so with. Waffles, maple syrup, vanilla, dark candy syrup, and lactose. Uh, 11% ABV and uh, a decent score on untapped. So I mean, it should have four. lactose in there. You need to have milk with your with your waffles. Right, yeah. So, uh, what were you going to say, Casey? Um, I can't remember now. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're fine. Uh, probably wasn't worthwhile in the first place. Uh I was just trying to look up the uh, the what um, what the what the flavoring component is because you yeah. use it um, like we use it all the time. It, when you go and drink or when <laughs> just told myself there, um, like you go have Aunt Jemima maple syrup or log cabin maple syrup, like that fake maple syrup. It's yeah. not really maple, of course. It's right. this stuff in with um, in oh. with like sugar syrup of some sort. Mm. Um, and it starts people, with an F. People would be surprised what real maple syrup tastes like. It does not taste the same as the log cabin, for oh. example. So we buy exclusively just real maple syrup, but we buy it at Costco 
So yeah. it's not we pay about the same as what real maple or like fake maple syrup costs. Like we pay, I think, ten dollars for a thirty ounces or something like that, which yeah. isn't bad. We should really See, get some some of that there. Yeah, yeah, All I'm it. thinking of right now is the time my grandmother would just go, "I'm out of maple syrup, Justin. Here's some corn syrup. Just pour it over there." Okay. Oh, oh God. No, it was delicious. <laughs> it's just sugar on top of pancakes. The best day of my ten-year-old <laughs> life. Well, it's like what have you guys been like, drinking? Hey, we don't have jelly for our uh, peanut butter and jellies here. Just peanut butter and syrup. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just hand you like a yeah. like the plastic thing of caro syrup. There's like here, pour this on there, and you're like, oh. <laughs> we had the like peanut butter and, and syrup at uh, sandwiches at high school. In that weird cafeteria. Yeah, and you just kind of wonder, like, man, why is diabetes such an epidemic? Oh. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, so what have you guys been drinking since you are you guys are kind of together? Uh, I, my, my spot on the script just says whatever Casey gave me. Right, this is why I said you guys. <laughs> so we started off with an Aperol Spritz. Um, nice, a little bitter, but but it was it was pleasant. Yeah. Uh, I think anytime you're you're working in this world, bitter is the the name of the game. Um, Aperol and ounce and a half of Aperol, two ounces of Prosecco, um, splash of club soda, um, and an orange wedge over ice. Start up. The good ice, by the way. The good ice, yes. The good um, ice. I'm the rat turd ice. I said, we know exactly what you're talking about. It's like the, <laughs> the dairy cheer ice. Mm-hmm. Um, second, uh, our, our, our uh, the the church I went to growing up had that ice, so I, I think of it as oh. the church. Ice. Oh so yeah, I love it at the end of the day too. It goes like just taking scoops out and taking it home. I said, we're uh, people had to be like filling up giant cups before they left service every day. Oh yeah, that like was, the, instead the, of communion, the, that's what it was. Like as people left the left the church, it was just people going in front of the ice machine and getting scoops of that ice. You know, dad, dad would drive a bus to pick up kids. He'd he'd after the end of it, he'd come like, no, I'm filling up my my, <laughs> you know, ninety six ounce mug of whatever with ice. Not getting that good ice. Uh, Shadow Lights. Yeah, you can get Aperol and uh, Campari both. I, I I have both of them. Um, I prefer usually the Campari, but the Aperol Spritz is too much of a classic for us to pass over on that one. Um, second, Sweet Vermouth with a twist. Honestly, it's not bad. I like it a lot. It's uh, you know what I I, I make fun of the thing. <laughs> it's not bad. It it's tastes, a war crime. What are you all talking be. about? Tastes like an Arnold Palmer. Yeah, it does. Half sweet tea, half lemonade. It, it's yeah. yeah. It's because it's like there's a whole thing of lemon there at the bottom, but it's actually the least better of everything we've got. Yeah, and it's just the lemon lemon zest portion. But I did like two or three lemon, like big lemon zest pieces, because I was like, if you're going to have something that's got lemon in it, let's go ahead and have lemon in it. Yeah. Um, so uh, then, we are looking for comment uh, from patrons. If you would like for there to be Patreon episodes of us watching, uh, it was suggested earlier that we watch some movies and kind of like MST3K it while we drink <laughs> the drinks from the movie. 
So basically think of it like we would watch the Big Lebowski and just get trashed drinking white Russians. White Russians. drinking white Russians the whole time. Yeah, we need ideas on movies and what goes well with them. Um, and then last is a Fernet Branca drink. Um, I had had Fernet Branca once before in Asheville. Um, and had this before. You have not? No. So this is um, half Fernet Branca, half gin, and you cannot taste the gin at all. No, you can't. And honestly, that's a shame. I would prefer gin. Say, yeah. That's my kind of drink. Uh, no, it's not. No. <laughs> and a sh- and a splash of Angostura bitters um, with an orange wedge in there. Hmm. It is... Honestly, I think I could pick up the bitters because I was like, man, this is... Part of it's almost like I'm drinking straight bitters. I don't know if the alcohol is also similar flavored, but... It's the Amara. Yeah. Yeah. It's the straight Amaro. You've watered down the Amaro basically by adding bitters to it. <laughs> um, it is it is that bitter of a drink, and, and so sorry, not Amaro, uh, Fernet Branca. Fernet Branca, yeah. Um, it is that that bitter of a of a, an alcohol. I'd try it, uh, man. I'd, oh no, <laughs> you guys I, know I, my palate I'd is weird. Oh, we'll, try it. I'm just we'll saying, get you some. it's bitter. It'll still be here whenever you get here. Uh, I don't care when that is, but it'll still be it'll here. still be here when you get here. <laughs> um, Fair enough. The the it's not my favorite, but I I went out looking for chartreuse because hmm. it's a sixty dollar bottle of liquor, and I was like, I, I need an excuse to buy this. It's, buy it. it's something yeah. I want to have, but it's not something I want to drop sixty bucks on. But the show, the show really gives you that excuse to buy it, things that you yeah. really don't need. It does. And it's that's the only why. reason I bought Lagavulin. Yeah. Well. Worth the shot. Literally. That, I, I need that, that. And, and Lagavulin. I need I mean, It's pee. great as Lagavulin. It is really hard to justify me spending that much money for alcohol. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so nobody had any chartreuse around here in what I can only assume was um, – uh, one person that bought it all because not that many people are going to be looking for chartreuse. Uh, so we ended up with Fernabranca and, and here we are. This is supposedly the drink of choice, shot of choice, more more likely for bartenders out there, like hardcore bartenders. Um, I, I think it's more of a like uh, a hazing ritual. I mean, maybe if they need something to make themselves feel alive, like they've, they've, they've run out of like, like you, you know, you've done enough of the, uh, the the minor drugs. Now you need something to really just just to feel again. <laughs> that's that's exactly what you can't taste anything, and so you this the COVID patients could taste this. Um, this is one of those things. It's that bitter. Wow. Well. All right. Uh, well, I guess that leaves me. I had uh, Dragon's Milk Vanilla Chai because it was still in the, <laughs> fridge it's in the fridge from last year. Gotta gotta clear some of this stuff. I think that was actually the last Dragon's Milk that we had hanging I around think so. because we had the last triple mash back over the weekend when when Jim was over, mm. which had thinned out. Surprise! Like in like the those last couple of months, like it really went downhill hard and it oh. was stored in a refrigerator the whole time i was like whoa it it tanked quick hmm. still good it had this like great marshmallow quality that i didn't really remember 
Ah, like Pepsi. <laughs> I, I called it. I was telling Bob earlier today. Called it. Marshmallow, the flavor of the year. It is. It has kicked up in a lot of places. Ethereal marshmallowing uh, one of the Baba Yagas. Mm. Yeah. Coming out uh, later in April. This isn't really to drinks, but I saw in the Easter candy stuff at Kroger today, the uh, they have a, a marshmallow version of the Reese's Cup. Yeah, that's been a thing. I haven't seen, but the, the whole top of it is marshmallow and the bottom is a regular oh, Reese's Cup. It's been a thing. I've never seen it before. I, I would not want this. I don't speaking, want you messing with this. Speaking of things, right. forgot to mention it at the top. It would have been kind of worth it during an, an announcement. October of Cincinnati, uh, there are unofficial conversations happening that um, September 18th, mm. that weekend. Mm. Just just putting it out there, just uh, because if you want to come and you need a hotel room, a lot of things are going to be happening that weekend, as per the usual. Mm. Because if it's Oktoberfest weekend, you can... Bet your ass the Reds are going to be hosting someone else in a series at home, and they're hosting the Dodgers here all weekend. And there's going to be watch Garth- that game. They're wow. cool. And Garth Brooks is doing a stadium show over at Paul Brown Stadium with like sixteen thousand people that weekend. Yeah, that Saturday. That is Saturday it, is, it is going to be. I kind of want to pop in just to hear friends in low places, and then just walk right. <laughs> out you'll be able to hear it that's because that's the great thing about paul brown is you can just hear whatever echoing off of the buildings yeah so you'll have Oktoberfest going on downtown and you'll have garth brooks playing over at paul brown while the reds are playing the dodgers like all that is going to be going on and i have like we're going to find out if anyone's not vaccinated and down there real quick (laughs) i might as well go ahead and put in uh (laughs) I wonder if, yeah, because you can cancel or like that far out right now, especially. They, yeah, that's talks for Oktoberfest, but the Garth Brooks show has been pushed twice already. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and maybe start a reservation just to, to have it there, just in case. Just to, uh, uh, the, uh, Chris, you got my ready? Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the right. Walker. Reservation the Walker Hostel will be operating, but it's going to be near at capacity. So we are we're operating on floor space Look. and limited uh, air mattress space. Hmm. Yeah, um, new couch though. Yeah, new couch that I broke within a week of us having it. You broke the arm. It's fine. Because my fat ass sat on the arm and it just <laughs> broke and dumped me on the floor. Nope. <sighs> All right then. So, today's episode was written by Bob Justin Frazier, using resources from The Spruce Eats, Vine Pair, Outfront Magazine, The Upsider, and Thrillist. You can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us on Have a Drink Show and social media on twitch.tv. No, have a, follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and on twitch.tv. There you go. So that's uh, a you can... hard word when you're drunk. <laughs> it really is. It's a hard drunk when you're word. Uh, <laughs> don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or the feedback page on the website. Uh, I'm not in my usual high perch, so I can't see any smoke signals coming out. So if you're sending them out right now, I'll try to catch out. I'll, I'll, it should have gone to my messaging service. 
All joking Ooh. fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Heads and... up. Downtown Cincinnati's already found out. <laughs> oh, everything booked. Oh, wow. <laughs> $550 hotel rooms downtown that weekend. Yeah. Oh. That's why I've been trying to put the signal out. It's not that you're going to get anything at a deal. It's that you'll be able to get anything, period. At all. <laughs> Uh, wow. Let me go ahead and slip you the insider knowledge. Look at Northern Kentucky hotels. Oh, yeah. 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 Huh. Just walk Fine. across the bridge. Yep. Basically. All right. Well, uh, you can check us out in uh, another, I was going to say another couple yeah. of weeks. Now, the pre-record weeks. is messing me up. Yep. From the time you hear this, another couple of weeks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, for our next live episode. Remember to check out uh, not only patreon.com slash have a drink show, but also have a drink store.com. Uh, I think I might go in there and, and kind of revamp some of the stuff we've got in there. Uh, but once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>